Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about social media, how you can grow on social media, get results, traffic, sales, and many other things that it's possible to do on social media. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Corey Feldman. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for me, it's a big pleasure. I want to learn more about that because I think social media is a must-have today. You know, businesses can't ignore these channels. And I often get the question, do I need to do uh, social media because of SEO or paid marketing no way guys you, you can do it because it's uh, another channel where you can get uh, results before we start just tell more about your experience background and why you decided to share with us about social media yeah um i've been in the the social media space for almost 20 years which is crazy to say it's kind of like feels like it's been 100 years uh in mm-hmm. the world of social with so many things changing and such but um i've owned an agency for over a decade and so we do the social media for other businesses. So we've watched the changes, you know, we've seen what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, what I can share with your audience today is just some of the things that have kind of bubbled to the surface that have done really well. And, um, and even some of the mistakes that we've made, you know, so that other folks don't make those as well. Um, I uh, started my career with General Motors uh, teaching uh, car dealers about the internet. So we had to make it fun and interesting for them or we would put them to sleep very quickly. So um, been doing it ever since and, and, and loving every minute of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, I have the first question. Uh, where to start? For example, if uh, some companies decided to jump on social media to get results, what to do first just uh, tell more about that because uh you know we, we have m- many different social media uh different audience different mindset so how to find ours and uh yeah and jump on this field that's a great place to start um the, the first thing i always tell businesses when i do consulting with them around where to plant their flag is really figure out who your demographic is Mm-hmm. Um, are they C-level executives? Are they, you know, trending younger, i.e., you know, 30 and below, or are they still 35 and above? Because that really dictates where you should spend your money, your time, and your resources. Um, if, for example, they trend older, then obviously site, sites like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter to some degree, and Instagram um, obviously come first to mind. If they're a B2B network, then LinkedIn has been one of my favorite platforms over the years for having a quality business rich audience. And then, you know, if they're trending a bit younger, um, Instagram's certainly, I think, definitely going to be around for a while. I know that TikTok is taking a lot of their lunch right now, their market share. Um, But, you know, Instagram and Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg over the years has been very resilient in um, copying features and staying relevant. And when we all think they're heading into the sunset, the next thing you know, the other site does, i.e. Snapchat, just as an example of one that we used to talk about a lot, but now we don't talk about as much. So I usually use the acronym FIL, F-I-L, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, as the three primary platforms that we still to, to this day recommend for our clients. Uh, but of course, it, it it really does depend on your audience. And if they do trend younger, then TikTok's a great place to be. Uh, so that that would be my answer is is figuring out your demographics and then meeting them where they already are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, okay, for example, if I know that I'm going to promote my brand on LinkedIn, uh, can you tell how to 
find ideas because uh, you know uh, uh, let me tell why I'm asking about that because I often see when LinkedIn users uh, even on other social media they usually oversell they don't care about sharing value they think how to sell how to get traffic but it's hard you know because uh, users have different mindset they are not ready to buy uh, but uh, for me it's better to create brand awareness to build relationships and go ahead with that can you tell more about that how to find ideas that will provide results in the long run yeah well you 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 brought it up right off the bat i think you have to change your mindset um, a big shift that I'll, I'll help your audience with i think is to take is to change your mindset from being a content creator to a conversation maker. Mm -hmm. And the reason you want to do that is you can really look at where the money goes. On Facebook and Instagram, they're, they're, they're dominated by their advertising platform. So they're looking for eyeballs and attention. That is a big deal to those two platforms. And so therefore, you know, lots of posts and, you know, just trying to get as many eyeballs as you can. LinkedIn's primary revenue stream is premium subscriptions, subscription-based. Mm -hmm. So they want people on there for a longer period of time. And so for them, it's less about eyeballs and more about quality and conversation and so on and so forth. So that gives you a little background as to why when you go to LinkedIn, instead of thinking about how many eyeballs can I get to my post, the better way of thinking about is how can I keep a conversation going or how can I add value to a conversation, whether it be on my own platform or somebody else's. So I think that's one big mindset shift is to go into LinkedIn with the idea that you're trying to add value to conversations and not just get eyeballs to your stuff. And when you do that, LinkedIn tends to favor us in the algorithm. For example, if I spend the next week or two simply going out on LinkedIn and engaging in other people's comments and, and conversation, what that says to LinkedIn is, is I'm a conversation person and mm -hmm. they want that in their world. And so when I start to post things on my LinkedIn, they're going to show that to more people. They want conversation as opposed to if I go out there and I'm just DMing people to your point, adding connections and not adding to the conversation, it'll be the opposite. So the more you can engage in conversation, the better. Um, to your point, you know, real quick, I would say definitely value over promotion. I mean, I, we all see it. It's been, gosh, so many years of, Hey, Corey, love your profile, you know, and then, blah, 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 you know, it's like, <laughs> I have never found that to be successful. I'm sure there are cases where that is successful. That's not mm -hmm. me. It feels yucky. It's just never been my way or the way I've helped my, my clients. Instead, mm -hmm. it's to your point about adding value. So starting with the connection, hey, you know, notice we're in the same industry or um, thought maybe this, you know, whatever, or a lot of times they connect with me first, whatever the case may be. But then I, to your point, I'm always trying to add value. And instead of just adding value by creating valuable content, add value by adding to their conversation. So instead mm -hmm. of adding value on your posts, just go out this next week and add value to their posts via the comment feature. And I think you'll see a lot happen on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you unhided my loving strategy you now to engage with others, uh, to comment on their posts. And it's not only to write, thank you, great post. I think nobody cares about that. 
you need to bring additional value to their process. For example, if you read something about, I don't know, like SEO, how to get SEO results, just add some points from your experience. Why not? And because most uh, people usually read comments and uh, if they get value, they think, okay, I want more value. Uh, it's better to follow this guy and open his profile to check out. But by the way, can you tell more about optimizing profiles? Because I... Uh, often see selfish profiles. Uh, I'm guru in marketing. Uh, I can, I don't know, many, many other stuff. Can you tell more about how to uh, highlight on your profile that you can bring value, how you can help support others and yeah, to give a strong reason to follow you. Yeah, um, and to your point, just on the last thing on LinkedIn's uh, conversation point, uh, I have noticed, and it sounds like you have to win, when I add value to the conversation outside my platform, I notice my my profile views go up. So it, there's a mm -hmm. clear indicator that when we are adding value outside our profile, that not only are people seeing it, but LinkedIn is strategically showing our stuff to more people because again, they want more conversations on their platform. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll tie a bow around that. To answer your question, that's a great point about uh, LinkedIn profiles being very self-serving. So the first thing I do when I look at profiles is I see how many eyes I see. I am this, mm -hmm. I am that, I, 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 to your point, you know, and I try to change that around to you or we, or, you know, talk a little, not that you're talking the third person, but you're turning it around from yourself to how you benefit others. So I always tell people that LinkedIn is not a bio unless you're looking for a job. If you're looking for a job, it's a little different, but if you are a business man or woman, and you're looking to build your business or help other clients or whatever, then it shouldn't be about you. It should be about them and ways to do that. Um, your professional summary, instead of in 1997, I worked at, or in two, 2012, but it's um, we help businesses the following way. Or if some of the following uh, points are where you are challenged, you know, having challenges as well, we may be able to help you, you know, trying to turn the spotlight from myself to uh, pain points that might be concerning them. So mm -hmm. that, that, that's one way to make your profile more of a benefit rich summary than a bio about you. Mm -hmm. Another thing you can do is uh, obviously your recommendations. Whenever I go down to the right, I think recommendations are a really important piece of your profile but it has to be done right. One is a lot of times we have too many of them, so it gets overwhelming. And the other thing is that they uh, tend to be from people who haven't bought from us. And when they are, the, the, the recommendations aren't that great or they, they aren't that appealing. But if you have, let's say, seven to 10 recent ones from 2022 or 2023, and they're from recent clients that have bought from you or worked with you, then they use buying signals that actually mean something to the other people that are looking at your profiles. You know, I worked with Corey and his agency. They helped us transform our digital profiles. We now get more engagement. You know, words like that mean something to my clients yeah. or potential clients where, you know, I had a great attitude, you know, I'm nice to work with. I pick good lunch spots. All that stuff is, is fluffy and, and not, not really relevant. So the recommendations is a key point. And then lastly, the only other thing that I tend to focus on, uh, or one of the other things that I help people focus on is their experience. Oftentimes when you go down to the experience, again, if you're not looking for a job, 
what it ends up being is a resume of all your different experiences over your, your course of your life. And it just isn't relevant to people who are looking to work with you today. So instead, what I often say is put recent clients as your experience. So for example, I'm mm -hmm. a speaker, okay? So I speak to clients year in and year out. So instead of putting the job I had back in 1997, that is completely irrelevant to what I do today. Instead, I might put a, you know, a, um, a speaking event that I did last year and maybe even a quote from them or a couple pictures or whatever. So I use that experience area to also showcase my recent work and projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, uh, uh, once I listened to audio podcast and uh, one speaker, um, he uh, had experience just to optimize LinkedIn profiles. He doesn't do anything else just to help optimize profiles. And one of his clients was Tony Robbins, you know, yeah. And he earns like six figures uh, with their business, uh, you know, just to optimize profiles because... Uh, Uh, when people open your profile, you give, you need to give a strong reason, you know, to follow you, to buy from you. And you can do it if you share value, if you uh, can highlight that you can help and support others. I have the question about consistency. Can you tell more about that? Uh, for example, uh, you mentioned about valuable content, uh, but I'm interested about uh, high quality content because uh, uh, we have two different approaches. Uh, the first approach that usually marketers can tell uh, that we need to create high quality content. It takes time you know, to create one piece of content, uh, to, uh, I don't know, uh, to write draft, to edit, to, uh, I don't know, to draw some pictures. But uh, the, another approach from Gary Vee, and he shares, you need to think more about quantity, just to post a lot as maximum as possible, bring value, uh, think more about context, not content, I mean, like uh, visual, nice looking content. Can you tell how to find the balance? Because two different approaches. Uh, I know I, I like Gary Vee. I respect uh, all his activities. Uh, but uh, it's hard to create quality with quantity. What do you think about that? Yeah, that, that's a great, another great point. And it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The hardest part of social media is creating quality content, period. Mm -hmm. Um, and every time we're done, we have to start again next week, you know? And so it is an endless game of trying to up our game and, you know, trying to get above the noise, uh, which is really difficult. And, and, uh, especially, you know, if your industry is not like super social media exciting, you know, like we work with periodontists who are dental surgeons and, you know, at the end of the day, it's not as a sexy or appealing as, you know, watches or fashion or something like that, but there are ways to do it. So to your point, I'm definitely a fan of quality over quantity. I think it's more important to put out good stuff than put out mediocre stuff more often. Um, and, you know, moving from LinkedIn, LinkedIn is again, a very quality pro uh, uh, social media platform. Uh, the rhythm that we found to be best on that particular profile is two to three pieces of content a week, as opposed to like daily, which I would obviously recommend on some of the other sites like Instagram and, and, and Twitter and TikTok, where, you know, eyeballs are just constantly moving, you know, all the time. Um, yeah. Good question. I was looking at the questions there. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I think, you know, I, I, I am a, a fan of quality over uh, quantity. One of our secret sauces to, doing this well and consistent is to think about it like this. 
instead of me wanting to go to social media and create appealing content three to five times a week, instead what I do is once a week, I try to create some sort of meaningful long form content. And I suggest that to my uh, clients as well. And this might be a blog post. This might be a two to three minute video, something that people can sink their teeth into. Okay. It's real quality content. And then what we do is we slice that up and we use that in different ways. Instagram may have uh, it be a reel, and then it may also have, be a story and, and, and it might just be chunked out in different ways. LinkedIn, it may be a written article post, you know, um, my email newsletter may, it may incorporate that. So we put it in different places, but it all resembles the same material, just disguised in different ways to fit the platform that we're putting it on. And that takes a lot of pressure, I would say, off of us thinking that we have to create five pieces of original Instagram content, two reels, two stories, LinkedIn. I mean, forget it. It's just too much. Instead, focus on one juicy, meaty piece of content a week and figure out ways to repurpose it on the platforms to get you the biggest bang for your buck. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think um, it depends uh, as usual, you know, because, for example, uh, I uh, I like more to create uh, a lot of content at scale, even uh, losing quality. Uh, let me tell you why. Uh, the main reason uh, is that uh, uh, when you create uh, content uh, every single day, it's like uh, training muscles. You know, uh, you can increase quality step by step. That's why many uh, influencers on TikTok, many other platforms, they post a lot. You know, even some uh, uh, we don't know where we can get engagement. For example, once I got engagement with a post on LinkedIn. Uh, and got like 300,000 uh, views. It's a lot, you know, many uh, followers. And uh, that was not quality content. That's just, you know, my thoughts about something, encouragement, you know. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, I think it depends. It's better to find what actually works for you because, uh, for example, when I started, uh, I used many different approaches and many of them uh, didn't work for me. Uh, I found that works for me. And for me, it's better to uh, post a lot a lot of content and uh, each time you can increase quality a little bit you know you can feel it but a little bit you can be much better because uh, for example great offers usually write a lot like thousand words a day they do it because uh, it helps to increase uh, quality great sportsmen train every single day you know uh, so uh, it's my approach uh, to be consistent even uh, with the approach uh, losing quality because uh, you can increase this quality step by step you know yeah with the quantity you know that that's a, it's a it's a fair point i think that it's it's important to also note it depends on who you are and the resources that you have, you know, yeah. so maybe I'm speaking a little yeah, bit yeah. towards, you know, the small business owner whose profession is something, you know, completely different. And they're yeah. looking to stick their toes in the water where you and I might, you know, we know this world a little bit more. And 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 yeah, if, if you have the opportunity, the resources and the expertise, candidly, to be able to to post frequently and and then the other side of it, too, is it's funny when we think about quality, we think about like professionalism mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about value to your point. So, yeah, you, you and I could jump on 
LinkedIn, you know, and do a live be, you know, you, you got your cutoff shirt on, my hair is all a mess. I'm not shaving, <laughs> but we can blow it out the water and, and really provide great value. It's not productions great, mm -hmm. but the value is still there. So I want people to think less about making it perfect yeah. and more about just being yourself and, and trying to meet people where they are. And my guess is when you got the 300,000 views, um, you struck a chord with people, with your, your vulnerability, with your sincerity, with what you were saying. And that's why it spread. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Uh, can you tell about, uh, covering your brand persona? For example, uh, I can create content about SEO, but, uh, it doesn't mean that I can uh, sell SEO services because, uh, uh, I think it's better to pay attention where your, uh, buying persona, for example, my uh, uh, for example, uh, I usually sell to finance websites uh, that need traffic because, yeah, I pay attention to that. Can you tell more about uh, finding ideas that can cover your buying persona and get a relevant audience? Yeah, I think that, you know, the first thing to think about here is kind of what your goals are and to be careful of vanity metrics. Um mm -hmm. Oftentimes, you know, we're looking at views and likes and, you know, and obviously that stuff's yeah. important, but there's also some content that sometimes we'll post that don't get as many views, but they get a couple comments or, you know, they got 12 new followers or most importantly, we got a comment that said, Hey, you know, I'd be interested in, in utilizing your services. Can we chat? You know, that at the end of the day is why most of us are, are doing this. So I think the first thing is to really think about kind of what your your goals and objectives are. If it's purely vanity metrics, which that's okay. Sometimes, you know, we're influencers or, or we're looking for credibility. So it's all about numbers. Great. But a lot of times the businesses that I work with, it's more than that. It's the, it's the meaty metrics. It's the clicks. It's the phone calls. It's the emails. It's the conversions. So figuring that part out is, is first and foremost. And then deciding... Again, like we've already talked about, which platforms make the most sense, and then um, you know how to attract that audience. One way of doing that is is using hashtags. So I think you know, um, very, being very strategic on using hashtags, especially in the world of Instagram, to capture an audience that may not already be following you. So doing it in the right way. I'm always about authentic and and organic, and not like being too salesy and all that, but. If you and I are talking about you know, the world of SEO, and that's not really my world, but maybe I want to get a little bit more people who are interested in SEO, using hashtags like SEO or um, search engine optimization or you know keyword optimization or whatever, just to kind of build out a little bit of an audience there, great, you know, and and, and hopefully that will work for me. And same thing for your audience and wherever they're looking to go. So I think hashtags are one way to to find your, your buyer persona. Um, I think that, uh, you know, something that we forget to do is have a strategy for, for getting connections. So on LinkedIn, how proactive are you being on seeking out people that both you can serve and can serve you? You know, every, mm -hmm. I always tell my clients, you know, when was the last time you dedicated an hour of time to build a quality audience on LinkedIn and don't just throw out a connection, but go look at, you know, my 
LinkedIn or somebody else in your sphere and look at people that you know, you know, you're just not connected with. So these aren't strangers to your point about the DMs earlier. These are real people that you should have been connected with that you just haven't for whatever reason. And then on Instagram, you know, what can we do over the next month to build a quality following? Can we do a contest? Can we do, you know, an email blast and, and really push our Instagram? You know, can we use a QR code and put that up in our office or whatever, but really be proactive on building that following of the people that we're looking to attract? Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, I'm interested more about uh, finding your uh, style. You mentioned about uh, to be yourself. That's a great point. But what about uh, finding the right type of content? Because, for example, we have video, writing, uh, audio, even audio the last time. R right now we are live streaming. We have uh, an audience uh, who are watching us. Can you tell about uh, finding your live style? For example, I remember when some of my clients told me, uh, you know, uh, our competitors are good with video marketing, but uh, we are not good with that. So why you need to do it if you it's not your strong side? Find what works for you. Can you tell about uh, being yourself and finding the right uh, type of content for your audience? Yeah, I, I love that you said that because we you talked. I talked about the failures in the beginning. And I would definitely say one of our failures was pushing a non-video person to do video. Um, mm -hmm. And it makes them uncomfortable. It makes the audience uncomfortable and it fails miserably in my humble opinion. So instead, what we try to do is put the expert in their most um, uh, comfortable space. And to your point, in our case, you know, maybe that's just audio. And if you if they know that they're not going to be on video, then they could just focus on giving those words that mean the most to their audience. Sure, great, awesome, we can figure that out. Some people are great writers. Um, so, you know, we take write, written content and we use that. And maybe if, if Instagram and TikTok and some of these platforms are still priority for us, then we find someone else that might be able to showcase that content in a more visually appealing way. There's other ways of doing it, by the way. They don't, it doesn't always have to be video, oftentimes, We'll have some of our doctors who do not like to do video, but they'll say great things. We'll use reels and we'll use them as quotes and we'll put, you know, dynamic content behind it or, or moving animation behind it. But you still are reading, even though you're watching a reel. And a lot of that does really well for them, uh, way better than a static post would. So we can get around people not wanting to be on camera or maybe not writing or whatever. And I don't think that we should force them in that direction. Yeah. And then, you know, a little bit more about being ourselves. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm heading to a, an engagement right after this. So it's definitely front of mind. What I'm having them do is an exercise where I'm putting up a bunch of words and I want them to pick the two or three words that they're known for. So these are words like funny, or enthusiastic, or passionate, or sharp-witted, or um, spontaneous, you know, like just uh, lots of different words. And then when they pick that, my goal for them is when they do get on camera, to allow that to come out. If you're funny, be funny. If you're, you're quick-witted, yeah. do it. Let it go. You know, like that's what people want to see. If you're having fun, they're having fun. And this is social media, social media. By definition, it's for people who are 
taking breaks, who are relaxing, or you know, they're not necessarily in full-on business mode. So it's better for us to meet them there in a more social, comfortable, authentic environment. Uh, so valuable. Yeah, I agree with you about especially fun. You need to enjoy the process. For example, if you, uh, for me, um, if I like uh, filming videos, but I am so bad with that, I don't care because I love it. I can improve uh, my quality step by step to film a lot of videos. And uh, I watched a few uh, recommendations uh, from other influencers and uh, they told uh, it's better to film a hundred bad videos. Just film a hundred bad videos. If you love it, just do it. And uh, during some time you can improve quality. You can film great videos. So I don't know how to film uh, a good video from first attempt. It takes time to improve quality. And I remember when PewDiePie tried to get the first 300 subscribers and he filmed uh, 100 videos and he didn't achieve 300 subscribers. Right now he has uh, 110 million subscribers. Mr. Beast filmed videos for over a year to get the first 1,000 subscribers. So, mm. yeah, I, I love it that it's better to have fun. Can you tell more about fun and enjoy the process? Uh, how to get this fun, creating content, engaging with others from your perspective? Yeah, one thing um, I'm, uh, that I also think is important for people to know is, and this happens again with a lot of our clients, is they get really nervous about posting on Instagram or going live on any platform. So what I tell them to do instead is um, don't worry about the social platforms. Just get a tripod. I'm looking at mine over on the left here uh, or a friend or whatever and take your phone up there and shoot video forget social media just shoot video and then get it to the people that know what they're doing on social media and they can have a field day with it let's just like we can we can create reels we can put captions on the video we can throw hashtags we can put frames we can just make it look all those little nuances and hunky-dory stuff that you see on tiktok and instagram and totally scares all of us and makes us intimidated you don't have to worry about all that the only thing we can't replace is you. So when you shoot that video, I don't care how you shoot it. Uh, if you feel more comfortable shooting it off of social, do it, and then we'll take care of the rest. Um, to to, to, to kind of just, you know, riff a little bit on the, the having fun, um, you know, I think what I often tell people is don't try to recreate it, but instead capture the moments. And so what I mean is a lot of things that are probably going to be the best potential content isn't something that you and I are going to think up. It's something that's already happening. So for example, I may leave this call between you and me and something pops into my mind like, man, that was a good point he made. Like when he said he prefers consistency and, and, and figuring out the quality as he goes, I like that. And I want to riff on that a little bit. So as soon as we hang up, I might do a quick video because it's already happened and it's fresh in my mind. I don't need to recreate something. Oh, what am I going to think of today? Or when I go off to Vegas for the speaking engagement, you know, something's going to happen where I may jump on camera and be like, oh my gosh, have you ever seen one of these things that are trying to like, you know, get us to go on Instagram and, and it looks ridiculous or whatever, you know, and maybe I do something in the wild that, that might be entertaining or fun for my audience. So instead of trying to recreate it, I try to capture the moments more. And I think that's helpful for being fun and, and entertaining. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Uh, can you tell about patience? Uh, you mentioned that we don't need to care a lot about likes, comments, uh, other metrics. And uh, I, I want to share example with my son, you know, because he posts content on TikTok. He's 11, 11 years old and, you know, uh, he always check out how many likes, comments. And one, he stopped because of, of hating comments. I asked him what's going on. He replied to me, you know, people uh, don't like my stuff. They don't like my content. I don't want to post anymore. Uh, I repl- you know, <laughs> that was hard to explain to him. Uh, don't care about them. You know, just go ahead. And uh, it's interesting that many studies, uh, online studies, uh, proclaim that content creators don't create the second piece of content because they can't results with the first piece, you know. Uh, but I know some people who post around six months without any engagement, without any likes, comments, they just post, post, and uh, after six months, they can get awesome clients. Can you tell more about patience? How to go ahead when you have low engagement, no comments, no likes, but you need to go ahead and search for your niche? I don't know. (laughs) I I had a client one time. Uh, It was a high-end client. It was a good client, one of my best clients. And, um, and I went into her office and, um, we were talking and we were doing the consultation for her digital social media. And through the conversation, I had realized that she had seen an awful lot of my social content over the last few years. She'd mentioned things. You said this. And I remember on one of your Instagram posts, you said this. And I said, I said, Mary, I got to stop you for a second. I said, you know, a lot about what I've been posting and what my team's been posting on social, but yet I've never seen you engage with anything. And she said, oh yeah, I never will. And I said, mm-hmm. what? And she said, yeah, I don't want your audience seeing my name and my stuff or anything like that. She was super protective of her. So she said, I just stalk your stuff, but I'm never going to interact. Sorry, but she's a client. So mm-hmm. it worked, but I never got one little piece of engagement from her. So to me, that's just a little microcosm into the world of be careful of relying purely on these metrics or vanity metrics because you truly don't know who's watching or receiving your content and you can't rely Mm -hmm. just on the fact if they're engaging or not. Now, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I don't not look at that stuff. I do. And I don't like when my stuff doesn't get as much as some of my other stuff or when my client stuff don't get, you know, but it certainly can't stop us. I think it's just a matter of, I like the, that you use the word patience. I, I think of the image of the, the the guy, you know, chipping away at the gold and turning around and walking away. And you see the gold like two inches away from where he left off. And I think that's a fair analogy to the world of social, that it's a slow process. It's a long-term game. It is not a short-term game. Um, and it will take time to build organically. Now, We haven't discussed this yet, but you can always throw a little gasoline on the fire and that's money. And that can help a lot with everything we're talking about. So I do tell businesses that they need to have an ad budget for social media this day and age. And it does help move the needle when it comes to engagement. So most of our businesses that we work with have some sort of budget on the low end, a couple hundred dollars up to thousands of dollars that they use to boost posts, to gain more traction, to gain more engagement, to get more people seeing their stuff. Because at the end of the day, 
businesses take a backseat to personal content on social. And so, you know, Facebook Meta is a for-profit company that is try that has shareholders and their largest income stream is ad revenue. So that should tell you something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I have the question uh, about uh, how to uh, learn more about social media today. For example, if you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, just uh, from scratch, what would you do to learn more about social media? Yeah, that's a that's a fair question. Um, you know, I I would read. You know, I think that when I first wrote my first book, don't buy that one. Uh, that was back in 2009, and it's completely outdated. Mm -hmm. But there weren't a lot of books on the topic of internet marketing or social media or anything. Now there's thousands, you know, and there's some really good ones out there. And I would definitely kind of look, look at the reviews and, and, you know, just try to find your sweet spot of those places. There's a lot of courses you can take. I think of, you know, LinkedIn learning, um, a lot of free stuff out there that you can absorb and, and take in. But most importantly, nothing substitutes for real world experience. The rub a little bit is that when people are young and coming out of school, just looking to get into this business, it's hard for them because they don't have any business experience. They know Instagram, they know TikTok, they know LinkedIn, but they don't know how to use it for business. And they are very different. But And businesses want business experience, but these young people don't have it. So what you do is you tell them, hey, I'll work with you as an internship or on a very low barrier to entry to get some experience. And get in with some businesses and, and work with them on their social media. You'll learn some stuff. You'll, you'll figure out some things. You know, I remember when my, my wife started using Canva, which is a, you know, a, a design tool a lot of us know. She wasn't very good at it. She'd be the first to admit it. But two years later, man, she, write, she, she is really <laughs> proficient at Canva. And it was just by getting in there and doing it. Same thing with Reels. Um, she was slow on the upswing with the reels. Now, I mean, she can do it with one hand over here, just ba 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 you know? So it takes practice. You can't read it in a book. You can't, you know, a lot of this stuff you got to just go out and do. You got to experiment. Yeah. You got to screw up, you know, and then eventually you'll do well. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think, you know, uh, it's the same like to read 100 books, how to play soccer. If you don't play soccer, you know, any books can help you. You can combine skills, uh, learning and uh, practicing. But for me, yeah, I agree. You need to practice. You need to act more than learn. Uh, learning just can help to show the way where you can go. And by the way, when I started to learn more about LinkedIn, I think that I uh, used many different approaches that didn't work for me. Uh, but I, I searched for something that worked for me by acting, not learning. <laughs> so, yeah, if you learn and do nothing, it doesn't help to go ahead. I have the final question about the future of social media. Uh, can you forecast the future? What kind of future people can expect today? Do we need to jump on this field, for example, if you started from scratch? And yeah, your predictions, what we need to do today to uh, cover this future? Yeah, I get, I get this question a lot. And um, I, I have thought about it a lot because it's an important, obviously, thing to say to people as they're trying to figure out what to do for the next one, two, five, ten years. And so I, I have to look at the past a little bit and say, you know, there were times where, as I mentioned earlier, where I thought Instagram, Facebook, Meta, let's just say the whole the whole group, WhatsApp, you know, all their 
um, tools, you know, we're in trouble, you know, they went through a lot and yet they're still here and they're still a dominant, if not the dominant player in the game. And I've noticed what they've done over the years of when they get nervous about other platforms eating their lunch, they've for better or for worse done a good job of replicating those features and still keeping their market share. And so I think that it's still important to play in their space and not to uh, abandon ship and start, you know, you know, leaving Instagram and Facebook and going to places like TikTok and whatever comes next, because I think that it's going to be a long time. They're a big ship. They got to do a lot wrong for that ship to sink, in my opinion. So that's one thing. It was just to kind of stay the course a little bit. And then, you know, gosh, monitor your audience. Um, I have a friend who's my age who swore off TikTok, but his world is tropical flowers. And in the world of tropical flowers, that audience loves TikTok and Pinterest, by the way. And so he had to recognize that that was where his audience was and had to meet them there. And his business has benefited because of it. LinkedIn is silly for him to use in that space. Silly. The same mm -hmm. thing. I have another client who sells medical supplies to retirees. TikTok. I mean, look, you could try to make a funny viral video, even if it got 300 million views because you nailed it. <laughs> is that going to create any customers for you? Probably not. So, you know, laser focused on who your audience is and watch them as they go along. Today, your audience might be ripe for Instagram and Facebook. Tomorrow, your audience may just be starting to teeter over to that younger demographic that uses reels, that swipes left to right, not vertical, and might lend itself more to platforms like TikTok. So pay attention to what's happening in the marketplace, but stay the course is one of my, my big things. And I guess the last thing I'll say is I do believe video is paramount. Every platform has become a video first platform. You know, Instagram has changed their mission statement from a Photoshop, from a photo platform to a video first platform. So I just think that is the way we like to digest content. So get very comfortable with video over the next few years and that'll serve you really well. Yeah, 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 totally. I think uh, I check out a few studies that uh, Gen Z and Millennium prefer to uh, watch video content, not text-based. So if you have uh, long playing goals, <laughs> you need to film videos. Yeah, and uh, the best gadget, phone, you know, you can film if you are not comfortable. You know, uh, I think that uh, when I decided to, uh, to start my Ukrainian YouTube channel, uh, at that time, I felt it's better to break my leg than film uh, uh, the first video because I'm uh, I was nervous about that. I did I didn't wanna jump on this field, but uh, on some time we got a high engagement, million views, a lot of subscribers, and I started to film uh, content for English. It, it's my third language, but I can do it. I just love it. Yeah, to increase experience with that. So yeah, I agree completely with you. Uh, Corey, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, thank you for having me today. It was a great conversation. I will definitely share this out. I thought, you know, we, we, we pulled out a lot of good stuff. So thank you for being 
a great interviewer. Um, I am on Instagram at Corey Perlman Speaks. So uh, my, my name, which you'll see in the show notes, and then Speaks. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Corey Perlman, and um, on Twitter with the same name as well. And, uh, you know, I could put my, if you if you, you want to email me, you're more than welcome to. It's Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at impactsocialmedia.com, I-M-P-A-C-T, socialmedia.com. Would love to hear any feedback people have, good or bad. I get it. Um, and happy to, to keep the conversation going. Okay, guys, you need to follow Corey. You can see a lot of valuable stuff. Yeah, it's a big pleasure, you know, to learn all of that. Uh, thanks again, you know, for your time. Uh, welcome back anytime back, you know, to share more value because, uh, yeah, uh, I, I've learned myself something new about that. I, I'm going to share with my team, you know, to, uh, to change some approaches. So, yeah, why not? I, I love testing and searching for something new. And guys, thanks for watching and listening to us.